So what makes for the perfect gift? What are the elements of a perfect present? The kind of present that that doesn't just deliver the object that you've purchased, but that communicates love to the heart of the recipient. That's the perfect gift. It delivers love. So what is the perfect gift? Well, according to Esquire magazine, gentlemen, if you're still looking for a gift for your wife, the best gift of the year for wives in 2022 is a hairdryer. But not just any hairdryer. This is a a $430 hairdryer, the Dyson hairdryer. And for that price point, it better come with a stylist. (laughs) If you're looking for a gift for your teenager, Esquire says the best gift for a teenager in 2022 is a record player, a turntable, because everything old is new again. And as I'm told, Taylor Swift sounds so much better on vinyl. We feel a lot of pressure to deliver that perfect gift, don't we? And if the traffic near Memorial City Mall yesterday or the line of cars at Gessner or Bunker Hill was any indication, a lot of people are still trying to find that perfect gift. My own wife, all Advent long, has been asking me for a list, and I'm trying to communicate to her, I I don't have a list because I'm a a grown man and I buy everything I want (laughs) when I want it. I check off the list as I go. If I, if, I, if I put on the floor on Christmas morning all the things I'd already bought me throughout the year, I would be in trouble. The whole family would hate me. I don't have a list. You know what I want on Christmas morning? I, I, wa- I want to just sit there with my coffee in one hand and a black garbage bag in my other hand. I want to just pick up all the wrapping paper. That's my present because I'm a servant. (laughs) We feel so much pressure to find the perfect gift, the gift that communicates, that delivers love, that makes love come to life. That's what we want. Well, if you're looking for that perfect gift, I am here to help you because with just a week left until Christmas, there's still time. And what I want to do today is is give you three traits, three attributes of a perfect gift, a gift that delivers love. And don't worry, we'll we'll get to Jesus. He's a big part of this. But first, I want to help you. So the first piece, the first part, the first, first aspect and attribute of a gift that delivers love is this. It's a gift that meets a real need. It's a gift that meets a real need. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be a practical gift. It doesn't mean you can only give people, you know, money and underwear. I'm not saying that. It doesn't have to be intensely practical, but, but it does have to be personal. Uh, the best gift is a personal gift that, that meets a real need that the person has, but this implies that you're paying attention to what their needs are, that you're living in close enough proximity to notice what their needs are, that you're paying attention, maybe even taking notes for what can make a good gift later on in the year. It meets a real need. Uh, one of the best gifts I ever gave my wife was when our kids were little. You, you know the stage where, where the days are long but the years are short? It it was a stressful time in our house. Our our kids were young, and and my wife was feeling it a little bit more than I was. And so my gift for her that year uh, was some tickets to a concert. 
because she loved to have something out in the distance that she could look forward to that gave her hope that, that she had something fun in her future other than just chasing around small children. And it was some time away. And, and that was a good gift. Uh, worst gift I've ever given is a, uh, a waffle maker. Uh, she, she, she didn't want it. I, I, I wanted waffles. That's, that's why I gave that gift. The best gift is one that meets a real need, but you got to be close enough and paying close enough attention to, to know what those needs are. If there's someone this holiday season that you want to give a gift to that communicates love, I want you to have that person in mind, but then ask yourself some questions, questions like this. Uh, what are they facing in the future? And maybe I could give a gift to help them face that thing in the future. Are they going off to college? Are they starting a new job? What are the things that I've noticed make them anxious? Can I give a gift in response to that? What are the things that bring them joy? Can, can I give them a gift that helps foster even more joy? Ask questions about the person, who they are, what they're wrestling with, and give a gift in response. A gift that communicates love is a gift that meets a real need. It makes the person say when they open it, how did you know I needed that? That communicates love. Second, a gift that communicates love is a gift that strengthens your bond, the bond between you and, and, and the person that's receiving the gift. You know what works really well? Experiences, something that you can go and do together. That strengthens your bond. You make a memory together. Or maybe you can give a gift that, that celebrates part of the, the story that you shared together. Gifts that, that draw you closer and help you strengthen the relationship. You know, it's, it's funny. You know, in the English language, we just have one word for love. Love. And yet that's supposed to encompass all that we try to communicate and all that we try to feel towards other people. We have one word that we're supposed to use when we're describing how we feel about our kids and how we feel about breakfast tacos. <laughs> love them. We need a, a good definition of love. What do we mean when we say we love someone? Well, I think if you take the sum of what the scriptures teach about love, including Paul's long list in 1 Corinthians that you read at your wedding, uh, 1 John chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and beyond, I think if you take everything that's said about love in the scriptures, what you get is not an emotion but an action. The best description of love, biblical love, is probably this. It is sacrifice that fosters intimacy. It is an act of sacrifice that fosters intimacy. It is a giving of the self that draws someone closer and lets them know they are noticed, needed, wanted, and that you are deeply connected to them. It's a gift that deepens, fixes, enhances, restores, nurtures the relationship. One of the, one of the most meaningful gifts I've ever received came from my, my grandfather. My grandfather was a World War II veteran, still is, he's still alive, he's 99 years old. And when I was nine years old, I was in a season of my life where I was just enamored with the fact that he had served in the Second World War. And so every time I saw him, I was asking him questions about it, wanting him to tell me stories about it. And so one day he said, well, well let me give you a piece of it. And he, and he took me over to his, his little study at my grandparents' house, and he opened a drawer, and he pulled out the dog tags that he had worn all throughout the Second World War. And he said, I wore these every day while I was serving. 
And then he put them around my neck and he said, and now they're yours. And that was a gift that in that moment just bound me together with my grandfather. I wore those dog tags every day of my life for the next 12 years. I wore those. A gift that communicates love is a gift that's given that probably comes at a cost, but it, but it binds you more closely together as family or friends or parent, child, husband, and wife. It strengthens the bond. But I did mention that it comes at a cost, and, and that's the third thing. A gift that communicates love comes at a cost. Have you ever been on the receiving end of a re-gift? You know you have, right? <laughs> have you ever had that really weird thing happen where someone gives you a gift that you gave to them last year? <laughs> and you're like, I think this gift card came from me, and now it's coming back to me. That's really strange when that happens. Nobody likes a re-gift. A, a gift that communicates love isn't recycled. It is sacrificial. But when you open it, you know that the person went without in order to give this to you. Now, that doesn't mean that it has to be costly in terms of money. There's lots of ways to measure cost. It could have been costly in the time it took to think it up or the effort it put to, to put it together or, or, or the emotional wrestling it took to, to wrap your mind around giving this gift and handing it to the other person. There's lots of ways to measure cost, but, but a gift that is costly does communicate love. And one of the most thoughtful gifts I've ever seen I didn't do this. I can't take credit for it. I saw this at a party. One of the most thoughtful gifts I've ever seen is, is someone took a mason jar and they, they filled it with 365 pieces of paper. And the giver of this gift took each one of those pieces of paper and they wrote an encouragement or an affirmation specific to that person on the piece of paper and loaded it in that jar so that person could pull out one each day, an affirmation or an encouragement specific to them. Now that takes a ton of effort a ton of energy, a ton of thoughtfulness that I don't have. That came at a cost to the person who gave that gift. When it comes at a cost, it communicates love. I mean, you see someone going really out of their way for somebody else, and what's your first thought? Boy, they must really love them. Those are the three elements of a gift that delivers more than the gift. It delivers love. It meets a real need. It binds you closer together, and it clearly comes at a cost. Now, friends, this is where Jesus comes in, and you know the turn that I'm going to make, but it's so important for you to grasp this. This is why Christmas is everything. At, at Christmas, the, the world gets the greatest of gifts. Uh, we, we get the greatest of gifts because we, we receive love. Not just the person of Jesus Christ come down from heaven, but Jesus Christ is love. The greatest gift of love has been given to the world, to you, to each and every one of us this year. Every other gift that you give, no matter how thoughtful it is, sacrificial it is, no matter how much it makes your spouse cry, is just a shadow of this gift. Look again at what John says in 1 John chapter 4, starting now at verse 9. Listen to this. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live, we might thrive through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, 
but that he loved us. What kind of love is it? He sent his son to be the propitiation. That's a $10 word that means sacrifice. To be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. In the birth of Christ, the truest and greatest expression of love has been given to the world. To you. I mean, think about it. What, what is your greatest need? What is your, what is your deepest need? It, it's not a hairdryer. <laughs> what is your deepest need? Do you know yourself well enough to answer that question? Here's what the scriptures say your deepest need is. Your deepest need is for someone, someone to come and deal with the mistakes that you've made. Have you made any mistakes? What you need is someone who can come and free you from whatever shame you carry. Do you, do you carry any shame? Is there any incident from your past that when it flies through your mind makes you go, oh. You need someone who can who can confront and conquer the scariest thing that is chasing after you, death. Do you feel the blood rushing through your veins? Do you, know, do you know that one day it'll stop? Do you know that you are mortal? What are you gonna do about that? But what you need is someone who can, who can forgive, someone who can free, and someone who can grant eternal life. Th those are your deepest needs. And what we have at Christmas is this revelation that God sees your deepest need. He knows you better than you know yourself. He sees you completely and fully, and he has, in the sending of Jesus Christ, responded to your deep need. But more than just forgive you and free you and grant eternal life to you, as if those three things aren't enough, what, what this gift of Jesus does, what makes it the greatest gift of love, is that it also draws you closer to, it, it reconciles and it, it makes right your relationship with God. It strengthens your bond between you and the one who made you. You are now, forever and always, his daughter, his son. You have no need to doubt, though terrible things happen in this world, you have no need to doubt how, how he views you, how much he loves you, what, what his plans are for you. It's, it's all love and it's all good for you. Your relationship with him is secure through Jesus Christ. And man, did it come at a cost. If you get somebody who's willing to to go to Memorial City Mall on a Saturday for you? <laughs> if you get somebody who's willing to, to navigate the craziness of cars at Gessner and, or Bunker Hill for you this time of year, you hold on to that. Because <laughs> that person is a treasure. That's, that's a person who will, who will pay the price for you. That's a person who loves you. Now, now, if that equals love to us, consider anew what Jesus Christ has done for you. Consider the cost. God himself, God in flesh, has come here. Do you know what that means? He's come here and he was born not, not to a king, but to a carpenter named Joseph. He was born not to riches, but to rags. He was he was born not to gold, but to hay. He was born not to renown, but to obscurity. This, this baby was born not to live, but to say it. Say the word. He was born to what? He was born 
to die. That's the cost. And it was all for you and for me. You see why it's the greatest gift of love? It meets the deepest need. It draws you close to the one who matters most. And it comes at the greatest cost that's ever been given, that's ever been spent. Now, my, my hope for you is that as you celebrate Christmas, as you dive deep into it over the next week, that, that you would be surrounded by people who communicate love to you effectively, profusely, that you feel awash in love through presents and parties and food and all the things. But what I know is that there are some here who, who may not have that experience this time of year. Maybe the person that you want to feel love from is far away for whatever reason. Or the person whose affirmation you need the most you're estranged from for some reason. And the love that you want to see, receive from that other human being for whatever reason is just not available to you this time of year. What I need you to know is that you still have it. They may not give you a gift that communicates love, but the greatest of gifts, the most perfect of gifts has been given to you and it is yours. It is yours. Now, here's the thing about great gifts. Great gifts elicit a response. Indeed, they, they demand a response. You, you've, you've been there when you've, you've given a perfect gift, when you've given that perfectly thought out gift, and, and, and they open it up, and instantly a tear starts to flow, and they close the box up, and they go, <laughs> how did you, how did you know? There's an instant emotional response, and then, and then they want to instantly reciprocate. They're like, what I got you doesn't even compare to this. I like, need to go to the mall right now. You've been there. You've given that. They, they, they have an emotional response. There's gratitude. They want to reciprocate it. Uh, the perfect gift elicits a response every single time. And, and the truth is that, that the same happens with the gift that is Jesus, the perfect gift of love. It demands a response. It demands a response. And if you are here this morning, and this is, this is like your first Christmas where you've been this close to Christianity. You've been, you're not just peering over the fence looking at Christians do the Jesus thing, but you're here with us, but you're still really, really new to it. Or maybe this is your first time back in a long time, and it still kind of feels awkward and weird and strange to not be worshiping St. Mattress on a Sunday morning, but to be at St. Mark, I get it. If, if that's where you are, then, then, then the response that the perfect gift of Jesus demands that it elicits is, is this, just to receive it. And by receive it, what I mean is to just believe that it's yours. My, my hope for you is that at some point throughout this season, you would not just observe the Christmas story, but you would say, this is God's gift given to me. This is God's gift given to me. Jesus Christ is born this day for me. Just say those two words, for me, for me, for me, for me. Receive it. If you have received it, if you've grown up in it, if this is everything to you already, then, then what this gift, as you, as you turn your attention to it once again this year, what this gift elicits from you, what it demands from you, is that you, you replicate it, you reciprocate it. We, we can't do what Jesus has done, but having received what Jesus has done, we know what it feels like. We know what it looks like. We know that, that a gift of love is a gift that meets a real need and that binds you together and that comes at a cost. And you know that there are people around you who are hurting, who are heartbroken, who are feeling like outsiders. It might be your parent that you are kind of mildly estranged from. It might be that, 
that it's your nephew who you're going to see at the family party, and when, when he was really little, you were really close, but now he's, he's entered a kind of interesting stage of life. He's making some interesting choices, saying some interesting things, and it's going to be real interesting for him at the family party, and he needs, he needs a friend. It could be your daughter who has disappointed you and who feels the disappointment flowing from you, but who right now is dying on the inside for some affirmation from you. You have the ability to give a perfect gift to the person who feels like they're on the outside, whose heart is broken, they're the furthest away. You can do that. And in doing that, you give them a glimpse of what you yourself have received. If God so loved us, let us love one another. No one has seen God, but if we love, his love is perfected in us and through us. You know what that means? They get to encounter the divine in and through us. Someone this season needs an encounter with God, and it's going to come from those who've already received the greatest gift from him. Will you give it? Will you give it? It demands a response. Exactly one week from right now, it is Christmas morning, and I cannot wait. <laughs> it's my favorite morning of the year. I will be sitting on the floor of my living room. That's what we do. We sit on the floor of our living room with, with the three people that I love more than anything in this world. We'll be sitting on the floor of that living room, and we'll be eating our favorite food, which is a cinnamon roll made from scratch by dad starting at 4.30 in the morning, father of the year. We'll be sitting on the floor and I will, have, I will have a cup of coffee in one hand and a black garbage bag in the other. And I will be the Christmas cop saying, you can't open that yet. You need to open this one first. And, 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 and forcing my kids to open one present at a time as we go around the room. They hate it and I love that they hate it so much. And I, and I get to say things to them like, hey, when it's over, it's over, so make it last, all right? You know you say the same thing. Let's take our time. This happens once a year. I love it. Because in that moment, love will have come to life for me. The things I feel and the emotions I carry towards these people, it will, it will have manifested itself in that room through the presence and the food and their presence with me. It will come to life. And, and I hope that you have a moment like that in the next week where love comes to life. And the perfect gift lands in your hands. I hope you get that. I hope you get that. But I'll just, I'll close with this. Even if you don't, you still do. Even if you don't, you still have it. Because what Christmas means is not what happens on the floor of your living room. What Christmas means is that love has come to life for you in the person of Jesus. God has seen your deepest need. He's seen it. And he sent his son to make you right with him. You are right with him. And he has paid the highest price, the greatest cost, and he's done it all for you. You, you are loved. Amen.